0: So today we're going to talk about running from God. Running from God is something, it's something we all do from time to time, right? We, we know uh, what God expects of us. We know whether it's a specific thing that we're supposed to be avoiding or it's a specific thing that we're supposed to be pursuing. And we say, that doesn't sound like something I want to do. Let me do something else. I shared a little bit last week about my personal story. But you know, I became a Christian when I was 15 years old. Um, at First Baptist Church Sugarland, Land, and uh, it was immediately after that. I mean, within six months of, of my salvation experience, I grew up in church. I was exposed to all church things my entire life. Um, but, at, but, but by the time I was 16 years old, I, was, I knew that God had called me into the ministry. Um, I knew it. I knew that that's where God wanted me to be. I knew that that was the, the, the specific direction my life was going to take. But I also knew that was the last job that I wanted to do. Um, it was it was below garbage collector. It was below um, whatever my dad did. Something with computers. I don't know, right? Like it, it was below any job um, that I could picture. Because this job, right? Like it, it, it's it's not like a financially rewarding job, and it's an emotionally draining job. And I knew that from experience with youth pastors that I had had and watched them go. and uh, And I was in a suburban church, and so if like, they got paid well, pastor well. Right? So they got paid fairly well, but they were still you know struggling at times financially and then I would watch uh, how they were treated um, by people who in front of them would act kind to them and would act like they're on their side and then I would hear the other side of it, you know the complaints and the whining and the, the backbiting. and at 16 years old, I knew I didn't want to expose myself to that for the, so for the next two years, um, I actively pursued anything other than that mostly Danielle was what I was pursuing for those two years but Um, You know, I actively thought, what could I do? You know, and it wasn't that I didn't want to be a faithful Christian. I just, I thought, man, God, let me serve uh, in a church as a Sunday school teacher. Let me serve in the church as a deacon. Let me serve in the church in any capacity that you want me to do, but just not that. Don't make me give my life away for that purpose. And so I ran for two years. I ran and I, it was tough. It was a tough experience. And I remember I was, uh, was 18 years old, and it was Senior Recognition Sunday. So it was in May of uh, my senior year in high school, uh, the year 2000, by the way, is when I graduated. And so it's 2000, May of 2000. Um, and I just gave up. Right? My life had been kind of tormented on all sides about running from God. And I just kind of gave up. And I said, You know, God, I'm going to, and that's why we call, it, we call it surrendering to the ministry, because that's literally what you're doing. You're like, You know what? I give up? I'll do whatever you want. Whatever you want, I surrender. Guys, yeah, running from God is a dangerous thing to do. Jonah finds that out. If you have your Bibles, open up to Jonah chapter 1. Uh, and we're going to be reading um, pretty much the bulk of Jonah once. We're going to start in verse 4 uh, and cover pretty much the entire rest of Jonah. Uh, but we know Jonah has been called by God to go to a city called Nineveh. And Nineveh is in the Assyrian Empire. And Jonah says, Not going to do that. I'm going to go the opposite direction. So God says, Hey, I want you to head east. And Jonah says, I'm going to go as far west as any boat will possibly take me. And so he goes down to the coast. He hitches ride on a boat heading for Spain, a a town called Tarshish. And he says, I'm going to go there and I'm going to flee from what God has wanted me to do, actively running away from the mission that God had called him to. And so we pick up in verse 4. It says, so they're on the boat, and it says, But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest. On the sea, so the ship threatened to break up, and then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his god, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down in the inner uh, into the inner part of the ship, and he had lain down and he was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said, "What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your god. Perhaps the god will give a thought to us that we may not." Perish. Okay, so 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 Jonah's running from God. He's in the middle of the, the, the boat and then he goes down to go to sleep and as soon as he lays down to sleep in the boat, it says God hurls a storm at them. Now I don't know what that looks like exactly, but I think if God is hurling his judgment storm on you, it's not gonna be like a normal run-of-the-mill, like, oh, that was kind of a rough weather system. This is a supernaturally fierce. Weather system that God had just thrown at this ship. And the ship is going to break up. It's going to get swallowed up by the waves. And so the men, the hardened sailors who sail across the Mediterranean Sea for a living, they're like, we are all going to die. And so they're taking the cargo, the thing that they're supposed to deliver from point A to point B that they're getting paid to deliver, they're throwing it off the ship, giving away their livelihood, the chance of them making any profit on this because they know. If, if, they do, if they keep that on there, the boat's going to be too heavy, and they're going to crash, and it's going to be rough. And Jonah just sleeps. Right, he just sleeps. He's running away from God. He's pursuing his own thing. And, 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 and as is always the case, when we run from God, right we're, we're running away from God, and we're running into trouble. God is our protection, right? You see God called a stronghold and a refuge. When you run away from your protection, when you run away from the, the stronghold that is God, when you run away from the refuge that's God, you run into trouble. And Jonah had, had, had hurled himself headlong into trouble, and these sailors were absolutely panicked. And these are polytheistic sailors probably from Phoenicia. And so they had all sorts of like uh, gods. And, and typically the way it would work is you would have your own personal household god. And so maybe your family god is like the god of the mountains or the god of the prairie or the god of the tree or whatever. Right? you got a god of a star. Right? You have your own personal household god. And so what you would do is you have developed a relationship with this god over the years by offering sacrifices and praying to this god. And so when you're in the middle of a, a, a scary situation, like in the middle of a sea somewhere, you cry out to your god, even though he's the god of the pasture, who has nothing to do with the ocean. You cry out to your god and hope that he can pass it up to middle management gods, and maybe the request can get directed over to the god over the sea storm, and that maybe they can work something out inside of the divine realm. And so they're all calling out to their gods, the tree gods, and the, the, you know, the rock gods, and all the gods that they have asking that maybe one of them could communicate with the God who's angry to say, stop it, please, we're all going to die. None of their gods are able to do this because their gods are empty and void of any power. He goes down to Jonah, the captain of the ship, the polytheistic captain of the ship, goes down to Jonah, the prophet of the Lord, the one who knows the true God, and wakes him up and says, what is wrong with you? You need to be praying. How crazy is that, by the way, that a a heathen-like person goes to a holy prophet and says, I think maybe you should be praying right now. But sometimes God does that, right? Sometimes God ironically uses uh, lost people to point out things in the lives of the redeemed saints. And that's what's going on here. Jonah's running from God and he's running into trouble. You know when you run from God, not only do you run into trouble for yourself personally, you cause trouble for everyone around you right it's like a it's like a it's like a storm and it's not localized just on you you know uh my my son the other day got got frustrated with us which happens from time to time because he's 17 almost right and so he got frustrated with us and and he and he's like hey can i go to the church and play basketball and so he leaves to go to the church but he's angry and he's 17 almost and not a great driver no offense Right, And I'm thinking like maybe driving angry at 16 and a half or almost 17 is not the safest thing for us to be doing. right? Because him fleeing, him running from us can bring destruction on a whole lot of people around us. right? Like a whole lot of people could suffer from that sort of decision. Guys, you need to understand when you choose to disobey what God calls you to do, you're not just inviting problems for yourself. These sailors, though they were heathen, polytheistic, you know, idolaters, right, they were not in God's crosshairs, yet they were still experiencing life-threatening trauma because one person disobeyed, disobeyed in their midst. Guys, this is something true of the church as well. A lot of times the church is powerless and living underneath the judgment of God, and it's the reason is we've got people inside of the church who are sinful people running from God. And so if you're here today and you've been running from God for for, for one reason or another, I want you to know, I'm tired of it. It's time to stop. Right? You're hurting me. It's time to stop. It's time to make peace with whatever it is that God has called you to do. And it's time to go back and do that thing. And if it's the opposite side and it's that you're running headlong into sin to avoid what God has called you to do a life of holiness, you need to stop that as well. Because you're harming other people. When we run from God... We run into trouble, and we run into trouble, we bring trouble with us. Stop it. Please, stop it. Continuing on, verse 11, I'm sorry, verse 7, it says, And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, this is the sailors, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell to Jonah. And then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, uh, who made the sea and the dry land. And then the men, the sailors, were exceedingly afraid, and said to him, What is this thing that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. So So when Jonah got on the boat, they're like, Hey, where do you want to go? And he's like, I'm going to Tarshish. And they're like, All right, we can get you there. Like, what, what, what's your reason for travel, right? Like, uh, is this business or pleasure? It's like, oh, I'm running from God. And they're like, all right, that works for us, right? Because they, it's not a big deal to them. But then when Joan, when they find out it's Joan, the way casting lots works, you may not know this, but you get like a jar, and everyone gets kind of a special rock that's assigned to you. So you got your DJ McGee rock, your Matt Higginbotham rock, your Doc rock, and your Bob rock. And you shake it around, and whichever rock falls out first, that's the guy. And so they're shaking the jar around, and then Jonah's little rock comes out, and they're like, oh, it was Jonah. right?" And so they look at Jonah, and they're like, okay, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? And and what is going on right now? And Jonah's like, well, I'm a Hebrew, which means I'm a Jewish person, and I'm a follower of the Lord, the one true God, and that's the God who made the seas and the dry land. And all of a sudden, the guy's like, hold on a second. You're running from your God who made the sea by way of the sea, right? That's a really bad idea, right? You're, you're, you're running away from the God who created this thing that we're in. We're totally at his discretion, and you're running from him, and you didn't mind to tell us that when you got on a boat, because you know if he had said like, I'm running from God. Oh, by the way, he made the Mediterranean Sea. They'd be like, yeah, you're gonna have to walk. Sorry. We're all filled up. We don't have room for you. Right? Because these are, these, are, these are men who understood, like, if you cross the gods, bad things happen. And so they were worried about that. And they look at Jonah and says, what is this thing that you have done? You know, sometimes when we run from God, like, we think that we can fake it long enough that no one else is really going to know what's going on. Right? Jonah was sleeping in the ship. He's kind of keeping his head down, low profile. They throw the rocks in there, still trying to keep his head down. He knew why there was this supernaturally awful storm. He's 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 not an idiot. He understands that it's his doing for running from God, and God is going to get him for disobeying. And so he understands that it's him who causes this trouble for them. But he, he doesn't want to stand up. He thinks if he keeps his head down, he can fake it long enough. And a lot of us, that's how we live our lives, right? We think that we can fool people. We can fool people into thinking that we've got our lives together. Guys, that's why I really try to be honest with you right? Every Sunday, I try to tell y'all the truth about who I am. Like I don't have my life all, all the way together. Like I have it more together than when I was 16. Praise the Lord, right? Uh, but I don't have my life fully together. I'm still a work in progress. I'm still pursuing holiness. I haven't attained that yet. And I don't think I will on this side. Right? But as we pursue these things, like, to be honest about that is really, really important. to Recognize that we're works in progress, but a lot of people, they go through lives and they pretend like everything's okay. They pretend like they don't have issues, they pretend like they're living a, a holy and righteous life, and they can fool people for a season. You, know, you can fool people, right? What's the saying, right? You know, you can fool um, some people all the time, but not all people. I don't know how to the worst, right? But basically it's saying, like, look, like, you can fool people for a while. But you can't fool people forever. You hold on to it long enough, you, you, you're around people enough, they'll see who you really are. And Jonah thought he could, he could keep his head down. He thought as he ran from God that, that everything would be okay. Maybe he could, could, could get out of this and no one would know that he's responsible for it. But, but it all comes out in the end. Jonah's responsible for this. And what's ironic, again, first of all, the captain calls Jonah to pray, which Jonah doesn't do, by the way. You notice that, by the way? Jonah never prays. Not until chapter 2. He doesn't pray here. Right? Even though the captain begs him to pray, he doesn't pray. And then, like, as, they, as they're doing this thing, Jonah's like, I fear the Lord, right? the God who made the seas and the dry land. But Jonah's life is categorized by the exact opposite of that. You know what fear of God means? It means a holy respect and reverence for God. My dad is here today. This is a great thing. Right? I have fear of my father. I have a fear of my father. It's a healthy fear of my father. It's the fear that he brought me into this world and he could take me out, right? Right, It's a fear, and I'm 37, right? I still have a respectful fear of my father. And the reason for that is, right, God has put him as an authority over my life. And so when he would tell me something to do at 10, 11, 12, 15, 16, 18, until I got married and moved out of the house, right, right, I would have to do it because I knew that if I failed to meet the obligations that my father put on me, it would go poorly for me. Right? There would be a reckoning on my body if I failed my father. And I, it has been reckoned to me plenty of times for failing my father. I knew it. But I had a respect for my father, a fear for my father. And so when he asked me to do something, when he told me to do something, I did it. I mean, as best I could. Not always, right? I was a kid. Right? But I, I, I listened and I obeyed my father because I knew that if I didn't do it, it would go poorly for me, and if I did obey him, my life would go better. Guys, Jonah says, I have this fear of God, but his life is categorized by an absolute pride. He has no fear of God. God says, go to Nineveh. He says, I'm going the opposite way. Uh, the, the, The captain calls Jonah to pray, and Jonah's like, no, I won't pray. You know who has fear of God in this story? Those sailors. As soon as the sailors hear that Jonah's God is the God who made the sea, they're like, what? They're like, we're legitimately scared right now, and we have a respect for this God. Right in a minute, they're going to offer sacrifices to that God, and they're going to offer prayers to, to that God, because they know that God is powerful. And Jonah's experiencing the same power that God is pouring out there, and he's ignoring it. Guys, we've got to be careful about missing out on what God is doing for us. So guys, first of all, look, when you run from God, you run into trouble. Second of all, when you're running from God, not only do you bring trouble on yourself and on other people, you can't fake it forever. Right? And ultimately, God's judgment will come on you, just like it happened to Jonah. Continuing on to verse 11, it says, And then they said to him, What shall we do to you? The sailors asked, for, for so that the sea may quiet down for us. For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. And Jonah said to them, pick me up, hurl me into the sea, and then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it's because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, even though Jonah said that, the men rowed hard trying to get back to the shore, but they couldn't do it for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord and they said, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. "...lay not on us innocent blood..." By the way, this is the first prayer in the book of Jonah. Uh, let, us not, "...let us not perish uh, for this man's life. Lay not on us this innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you." So they picked up Jonah and they hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. And then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows... To him. Okay, so Jonah is, is there, and they, they've, they've reckoned it's him, and they know that he's caused this great harm for his running from God. It, it's, it's about to kill everyone on board. And they say, what do we need to do to stop all of this? And Jonah says, again, without consulting with God, toss me overboard. Everything's going to be okay. Now, why, did, why, why couldn't Jonah just jump off? Do you ever wonder that? Why didn't Jonah just jump off the boat? These men really have to 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 haul, hurl him off the boat. No, Jonah could have jumped off the boat; it would have been the same result. You know what else? I, I'm I'm 100 convinced of this. You know what else would have been the same result for the people on the boat? If Jonah had had just for a half second, when they said, "What do we need to do?" If Jonah had humbled himself in his heart and said, "Guys, let's just turn the boat around and go back to where we came from," because I need to go to Nineveh. If Jonah, in his heart, had humbled himself, God would have relented. Because you know what this whole story of Jonah is about? God relenting from wrath when people repent. The entire book of Jonah is about that. All Jonah had to do was, in the moment, instead of saying, kill me, say, I'm going to go do the thing that God has called me to do. But Jonah would rather die than do what God asked him to do. Right? Being thrown into the middle of the ocean is not a survivable situation the vast majority of time, especially in the middle of a raging storm, Jonah knew that he was asking them to murder him. Jonah knew that God uh, was, was angry at him, and that if, if Jonah was to be executed by these men that way, um, that God's wrath would be satisfied, and therefore the guys would be safe on board. And so instead of saying, I'll humble myself and I'll go do the thing that you've called me to do, God, he goes his own way and chooses like uh, self-annihilation. And there's something weird about someone who would rather die than do what God asks him to do. Guys, there's a lot of ways out of obeying God. It's true. You don't have to obey God. You don't have to return back to God. But there is one way that is less painful for yourself and others. There's one way that's less painful. And that is the idea of returning back. To God. It is the least destructive action you can take in your life. To recognize that there is uh, some sort of failing on your part, to recognize that you're not meeting up to what you need to be doing and then saying, you know what? I'm going to stop this. I'm going to go back to where God called me to be, to do the things that God has called me to do, to live a life of holiness like God has called me to live. I'm going to pursue after that. And if you'll do that, you will experience the grace of God immediately poured out. Jonah is a story about the mercy and grace of God next to the judgment and justice of God. Those things are always right next to each other. And Jonah is fearful, uh, or really rejecting the grace of God, and instead choosing to plunge headlong into the justice and judgment of God. And you know, that's his plan. I'll kill myself, I'll get murdered, I'll get executed here in the middle of the ocean. It'll save these people's lives, and I won't have to do what, I, what, what, what I'm setting out to do. But since the story is fairly well known, I think you know, like the very next verse, God appoints a fish to swallow Jonah, because God has another purpose for Jonah. And it's not to let Jonah get away with whatever it is that he's planning to get away with. He's like, you think that you're going to get your way, but ultimately God always gets His way, Guys, when you go your own way, just know God's going to get His way. It's just a lot more painful when you set out to do it yourself. If God desires for you to be doing position X, if God desires you to be living a life of this sort of holiness, just know He's going to get His way. The question is, how much pain do you want to experience in the process of getting there? I did two years of that. I did two years of actively fighting and running from God, right? Jonah did, like, I don't know, about a week maybe here. It's a rough week, though, but a week that gets cataloged for all time. Some of y'all have been running longer than that. Some of y'all been running since you were 14 years old, and you're 80 now. You're still running. You're still living a life, trying to, to, to please yourself and to avoid consequences that, that 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 god has put out there before you you're really trying to avoid what god's asked you to do guys it's time to stop be smarter than jonah you don't need to experience the full wrath of god you don't to experience the full judgment of god you don't need to live three days inside of a fish you don't need that to come back to your senses it's time to come back to your senses now I tell my kids this sometimes, try to give them to head off consequences. Right, Like, if you continue down the path that you're heading, these are the consequences that are going to happen. And I will make sure that you receive these consequences. Stop before we get there. God's laid it out for you today. Some of y'all keep running. It's time to stop. And just Return. Back to where God has called you to go. God's got plans for your lives. It's a beautiful thing. God has a purpose for every person in this room. He has something specific. He wants you to be involved in a part of his kingdom that he's still doing. If you're alive today, I don't care if you're 98 years old and you're in this room today. If you're alive today, you have a purpose for what God is trying to do for you today. I don't care if you're 7 years old in this room, but God has a purpose for you. He has a desire for you to accomplish. Stop running from God. And return to him today. He's gracious. Even to you. Wicked, wicked person, you. He's gracious. Because he was gracious to me.